You're listening to the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. Cheers to sports. Almost messed up our intro. Had a quick... You're about to hear us just start talking out of nowhere, George. But I figured it out. Caught it at the last second. Got our intro in there, which means it is a good Friday. And I'm Sammy Georgeur, one of your co-hosts. And I'm George Georgeur. And welcome in to the greatest show in podcasting. You know, we haven't talked much March Madness, George. Because, uh, well, we haven't talked much college basketball this year. But uh, March Madness is here. And we're going to start with... A little St. Peter's, but let me let me just play a little preview video to get the hype train going. Everybody loves a good Cinderella story. We know that's what March is all about. St. Peter's certainly has a chance to write that script. We all got a chip on our shoulder. We all have something to prove, uh, both individually and as a team. You can feel the madness. You're doing good. St. Peter's pulls off the upset. Can you believe it? The Peacocks did it again. St. Peter's has done the unthinkable. The celebration is on. They are why we love March. Okay, well, you know, there's a lot of storylines like Gonzaga getting upset and Arizona getting upset yesterday and Coach K, you know, making his way back to the to the uh, Elite Eight. And um, But the St. Peter Sweet 16 story is quite phenomenal, especially the round one victory, even more than the round two. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, by the time you hear this podcast, uh, it might be over, right? <laughs> I mean, we could they could easily lose in, Friday night in the Sweet 16. They play, I believe, Purdue, right? Correct? I believe, which is also honestly not a not the worst matchup in the I mean, they're Purdue's good, don't get me wrong, but you know, they got second round Murray State and third round Purdue. Not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not the worst thing in the world. So, you know, this story could be done, but that's what makes March Madness so great. In general, like a lot of these schools, and I think we're going to see a lot more St. Peter's go as like the years go on because of this revolving door of college basketball where you have uh, the Dukes, the Kentuckys having one and duns, the Baylors having one and duns, and you'll have a team like St. Peter's who actually has some continuity. That's, I mean, we'll talk more maybe later about it, but Houston, for example, they're not all NBA players. They're they last year, final four this year, elite eight. I think a lot of success for these smaller schools and even like mid-major schools like Houston is because they're not getting just one and done who are, you know, basically just on a layover between college basketball and the NBA. Yeah. And I'm going to add to that, but you know, it's going to sound stupid naming some of the teams I'm naming. But if you look at a lot of the, there's a lot of the teams playing today, they might sound like big schools, but when it, when like, I don't know what's the best way to put this is when push comes to shove. No, they're they're all they are big schools. When I mention these names, but you look at some of the seeds that are playing today are like ten seed Miami, eleven seed Iowa State, the fifteen seed St. Peter's team, even mm-hmm. an eight seed North Carolina, which I know North Carolina is a big name, but they've had players that have been retained. Right? They didn't have any of those like major. They didn't have the Zion Williamson show up in the last right. two years. They didn't have that Especially one. Especially because Roy Williams was like retiring and they didn't know what like the whole situation. So a lot of these like guys this year especially are returning players of some continuity. And they're playing number four UCLA who you know like three or four of their starters are guys we saw in the final four last year. Right? Even though they do have some NBA talent. So a lot of this list Outside of, I'd say today, like with Kansas, I'm sure Providence has some guys too, and Purdue. Outside of Kansas, I feel like most of the teams we're seeing today are teams that are not the one and done, right? Kentucky's struggled in the tournament. 
even Gonzaga, a team that had Drew Timmy, who, you know, continues to come back to school. They had, you know, the uh, Jalen. Oh, no. How am I going to forget it? Is it Green? Jalen Suggs? Not Suggs. Thank you. There's so many, there was a lot of Jalen's. Jalen Suggs. And, you know, this year of Chet, I don't know if he's going to come back or not, but Gonzaga's, it's even kind of failed a team like Gonzaga, who used to be the four-year team, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like kind of the downfall of Gonzaga basketball, why they haven't been able to win a national championship. They're trying to become that one-and-done factory, too. And honestly... I mean, look at Villanova. I think they are the greatest example of a team that's in there year in, year out, with not many uh, one-and-done players, if any, right? I mean, like, can you name guys in the NBA? Like, Mikel Bridges, I don't think, was one-and-done. Uh, Kyle Lowry wasn't one-and-done, obviously. It's so many guys from Villanova throughout the years have won multiple national championships and are, once again, in the Elite Eight, have not been a one-and-done school. So I don't know if the one-and-done model is really – it's not good for college basketball, obviously. Yeah, it's not. And I, I was sorry. I'm just reading too. Like, yeah, I like I was googling Villanova one and done, and this was last year. Villanova still won't have its first one and done in decades. Their last year, their freshman uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, he was a top uh, candidate to go to the NBA, and he decided to come back as well. So whatever Jay Wright's doing over there, you're right. They're not. They're not. Uh, not getting people to to leave right away. And it's, it's beneficial for the program. Like you said, I mean, it's been, it's pretty amazing. He's kind of the next, I I feel like Jay Wright and Villanova could be the next Duke coach K. And I think I heard this on Colin Cowherd's podcast or somewhere where they were saying they don't think like, they're like, is there going to be another coach K type of thing? And yeah, I see why you would think that, but there's always, there always is right. Don't you feel that way? There's always the next dynasty. And I feel like if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Jay Wright and Villanova. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I could totally see that, but I just wonder also is Villanova going to like, I mean, college basketball is so different now. And I almost wonder if someone like Villanova, who, which is not like a huge school can actually really benefit from NILs too. Cause it's in Philadelphia. Yeah. That's like that. That's true. That's a big, it's a big city. Yeah. So could like these kids, who are, you know, not five-star recruits, but let's say four-star recruits, know that if they go to Villanova, that they're going to be in the tournament for three, four years. Their name is going to get big. They might be a mid-round draft pick or a second-round draft pick, but they know they can make money for four years out of college in Philadelphia. I think that could be, like, really why, like, somewhere, like, Villanova could really, like you are saying, Jay Wright could be the next Coach K rather than a small school, small area. Like, there's a lot of opportunities to make money in Philly. Even if you compare it to Duke, right? Um, like, areas like Duke. Duke's a small town environment, right? In Philadelphia, you probably have enough Philly cheesesteak spots to sponsor mm-hmm. each player on the team, right? And they do it. Damn. I mean, you, you've I seen I love Philly so cheesesteaks. Yeah, but you know, I'm, I guarantee you there's probably already one Villanova player that's done some type of NIL with a Philly cheesesteak. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure. 100%. Yeah, a yeah, lot absolutely. of players are doing stuff with local restaurants, car dealerships. But that's the point is that like, you know, in Duke and where's Duke in Durham, right? Durham, yeah. In Durham, there's probably one or two car dealerships to go around for NIL right. deals, right? It's not uh, in the middle of New York City or in the middle of Philadelphia. It's not like the spot to be getting you know like nil deals like yeah yeah, you'll get some of course i mean don't get me wrong right but more national maybe especially guys like Powell. 
Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I just think you're right about Villanova being able to become that next like Duke type of dynasty where you're more tied into the head coach in the program. And that's what's going to be weird about Duke, right? Is the program going to continue that success after um, Coach K or not? I mean, I know they have the brand, the Duke brand, but is it really the Coach K brand or is it the Duke brand that's more powerful? Are you saying, is say that again? Is, the is coach- it the... Yeah, is Coach K brand or Duke more powerful, like for recruiting down the line? Okay, see, I was going to say Duke. No, sorry. I was going to say Coach K. Mm -hmm. But because especially with like North Carolina not being that good this year for a while, but then all of a sudden North Carolina is like a team that's in the Sweet 16 and beats Duke in their final game and kind of just figures it out right away, right? Mm -hmm. They kind of get back. Um, kind of like, you know, them in Michigan were really weird this year. Just speaking of two sweet 16 teams that were bad and then figured out the end of the year. But if North Carolina can do it, I'm sure Duke can do it as well. We're like, all right, Roy Williams isn't here anymore. Or, you know, and, and, and Roy Williams wasn't even the first one there. Right. Yeah. Dean Smith. And then yeah, they Smith, recovered yeah. with Roy Williams and then they're going to recover again here and, and be good. So I think at the end of the day, when you have these powerhouse schools, I think they just tend to long-term always work out. Same with Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, there's some examples of them not working perfectly, but look, UCLA is back to where they used to be. Yeah, they're not winning 12 championships every 15 years, but they're back, right? They're always going to be known as a powerhouse school. Yes, but I feel like you've you've named all these schools that are not private schools, the North Carolinas, the Kansases. The UCLA's. Have we seen a private school like uh, like Duke? I mean, there was a St. John's back in the day that's actually been able to like replicate the success for even after the you know the head coach is gone. And I might be wrong, right? I mean, I, I'm just wondering, w- w- any private schools been able to replicate that? I'm not sure, but I don't think anybody's even considering private versus public when they're going. <laughs> like as a high school recruit, do you think any of them are thinking about that? No, but I just wonder if like the money behind the public schools are much bigger, so they're able to actually spend and go get those, you know, upcoming head coaches. Um, they have big more money in the program. I'm not saying Duke doesn't. I'm just wondering, you know, St. John's has been bad now for you know two decades, and that team was you know a basketball machine at one point in time. So I just wonder if it's. I'm gonna a, rebut you, know, you with right away with. I just tried to Google some private schools like Villanova's private, and they have yeah, never had a big time coach like before Jay Wright. So and they make it work pretty easily. That's that was. Did they have? Were they good before Jay Wright? Has Villanova's always been pretty good? Yeah, that, that was my question. Like, are these private schools able to be good even after the head coach? And yeah, I think they did. They might have won a national championship against Houston in the '80s, I believe, or is that? NC State. I'm not sure. Uh, that that was my question. Like, is a private school been able to continue the success after a head coach? Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go with yes. I mean, I, I that that would be. I think I just don't think it's that much of a factor as we're considering here. I mean, like just considering the fact that you have like two elite elite eight teams, including Duke and Villanova. Like, obviously it's, I don't think the private versus public makes a difference too much because at the end of the day, regardless, like the players are getting full ride scholarships. So it's not like a, Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's not Uh, a problem to them or their families. Right. 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 I know, but I'm just, I guess, you know, we haven't been able to answer that question is have private school been good after the successful head coach. That's the question. The question is not what we think is the right way. Has a, 
school been able to replicate that success? <laughs> I don't know, but who cares? Like, private because it matters. Because maybe because if you no, have it doesn't, years... it doesn't matter. Like, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, what matters? Has it mattered for Mike Krzyzewski that it's a private school for the last 25 years? No, but when if he leaves, has are they able to have the amount of money that a public school has to have the resources? Like I feel like Coach K is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Jay Wright is one of the greatest coaches of all time. I don't necessarily think you need one of the greatest coaches of all time when you have so much money that a public school has like North Carolina and has that public money that is coming from the state to fund it. That's my point. I'm wondering if they, if you can have to bring in like a – historic head coach in a private school to to be good like duke wasn't good before coach k they came really good will they be good after coach k villanova wasn't great after before jay right they became great st john's was great their he historic head coach is gone georgetown for example private school was really good haven't really replicated the success since and won national championships since john thompson passed uh left left the program that's my point yeah we're just we don't see eye to eye on this one i mean it's not one of those conversations that needs to be argued back and forth my point is oh, yeah, that no, i don't no, think it makes it. i just i, I don't think it makes don't. any difference i mean like I, at the I end of the day uh at the end of the day like villanova will be fine with or without jay wright if you have the right coach right whether it's private or public if you go bring in jay wright to duke or forget legendary coach like mm -hmm. if you get a decent coach to duke that people like it's going to work at Duke. So I, I just don't think it's nobody. I, the money thing, you're talking about like the resources a university has. Yes, I think uh, it's really difficult if you've never been good. But when a school's already been good, mm -hmm. the, what, what resource we got? All coaches, there's no debate of this. All coaches, whether you're talking Georgetown or at Duke or whatever, are going to have the same resources as in a private jet, ways to get around mm -hmm. to go recruit. And now with NIL deals, players will get paid regardless of like, you know, what, what if they're a good player, they're going to get paid at certain universities and certain areas to make money. And on top of that, like their scholarships paid for. Yeah, I guess uh, I, I'm still, I, I, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing at all. I think it can work. I'm just asking, has it happened before? That was my only question. Has it happened? And I don't think we've answered that. That was my only question. Has a private school been able to replicate the success and win a national championship after their head coach left? That's my question. And I don't I don't know the yeah, answer. I know, but you're asking a really like broad question because there's not many private schools that are in these giant conferences, right? How many are there? Like, let's say in the SEC, are there even any? Uh, I don't know if the SEC does. Uh, uh, Vanderbilt. Okay. Um, like Pac-12, there's what a couple, probably. Um, Stan is. Stanford is Stanford private. Stanford's private. I'm, I'm I'm going back to 19. Uh, okay, is Louisville private or public? The fact That's that you don't even know is kind of my point of like why it doesn't matter, right? Like I know nobody nobody's uh nobody's basing college basketball on whether it's a private or public school or they're recruiting. I feel like. Okay. The answer is the answer is yes. One team has been able to replicate it and it's Villanova. That was my that was my question. I just wanted someone to look it up. I looked it up. So yes, we've seen its school be able to replicate the success. I wasn't agreeing or disagreeing. I was just yeah. wondering. wondering but even that, if that doesn't gonna... matter, right? Like, wow, one team. What if a pub, private school never loses their if a public if every private school from now on loses their all-time great coach and never repeats success? Like it doesn't necessarily mean it has to do exactly with 
No, no, it doesn't. I was just wondering if someone has. And I also think, George, a big part of that is how basketball was back in the day, right? A lot of Mm -hmm. the teams that were good back in the day, with the exception of, I can't even say with exception of Duke, because Coach K has been there since when? Like 80s, I think. But like UCLA was good when basketball was early on. Kentucky was good basketball Mm -hmm. early on. Like uh, a lot of these teams, which it's just how history works, right? Just like the Yankees and in, in the in baseball and just like other te- like Lakers and Celtics and basketball is like, I feel like the top schools are just like the top brands and other sports where if you were around a long time ago when you were good, you're probably going to be good long-term too, which is yeah, it's kind that's of a, a fair way, to, very fair way to look at it. It's kind of a competitive disadvantage in recruiting like UCLA, no matter how bad they got for a couple of years, like people are always going to put UCLA here, right? Yeah, like up uh, top. completely. And it's hard for even a school like, you know, your alma mater, UW. There's so many benefits to going to University of Washington over maybe like UCLA. Like if you could, mm-hmm. if, like in the sense of, you know, we could be the first team to win a national championship in Seattle and we're going to get more NIL deals and with less competition, right? Like three top five recruits say we're all going to UW. But usually just they, they settle on places like UCLA and Kentucky, which is, I guess, kind of a unfortunate. I mean, like, who's who's the most recent powerhouse that was like made um, back in the day? Florida. Yeah, but and they haven't been like as great as the, they had like a three four year stretch though. Yeah, but I mean, I guess they were they won two national championships in a row, and I think they went to a third. Uh, national championship i mean Would i guess you that's consider not a, power them a powerhouse house. right now though no now no i you mean that's still a powerhouse yeah today? i mean like yeah I'm, I'm I'm talking about who like newly became a powerhouse and just like stayed like who became a duke in the 2000s and stayed like maybe you could save Villanova, no, one, but they, no one stayed like virginia didn't stay they didn't even make the tourney this year that's um, so sad actually if you think about it like a guy I'm like tony look- bennett you'd think that you're going to the tournament Every single like Coach K, like every year for twenty five years, right? UConn, I guess, but they didn't. I don't think they made the tournament this year. Louisville's kind of gone down. UConn the, made the tournament this year. Did they? Lost, so they lost first the round? first round. Okay, yeah. I mean, no one really. I mean, no, no new powerhouses in general. I'd say they're about about the same. Um, just look, I'm looking at them right now. That I don't see like anyone's like a powerhouse new. But I mean, Gonzaga. There you go, Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah. One in my lifetime. So they haven't won but, yet. Yeah. But Which is the, I guess you are right, though, in the sense of they're the only team that was not relevant in like the 90s that became like an extremely relevant team, like extremely like a number one seed every year mm-hmm. for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, they're, they, they're the new rebuilt powerhouse. You don't see that often in any college sports. I, I can't even think of one in football where I'm out all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, that team's a powerhouse. Like you could almost say Oregon, but they really haven't won shit. Yeah. So. You could say Clemson, I guess, but they were good in the eighties. But I mean, I'm just, I mean, out of nowhere, right? Like Gonzaga was nothing, like not on the national radar. Then became a powerhouse. Yeah, like a little private school in the. Yeah, it'd be like, like if St. Peter's is all of a sudden a powerhouse. You're like, uh, what? Yeah, that which is not going to happen, unfortunately. Exactly, but, but maybe they're next. <laughs> uh, hey, you never know. Actually, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be right, but I mean, if I told you in 1997. Did much to my dismay how much I fucking hate the Gonzaga Bulldogs that they were going to become a national powerhouse. You probably would have laughed at me. Like, there's no way this school from Spokane, Washington, and all of a sudden is going to start getting five star recruits and become one of the best programs in college basketball. Let me put this in perspective for our listeners as well. 
you have to consider you're talking to two guys who are born and raised in the state or sorry, you were born in a different. Yeah, yeah I know you can be like born but, in Syria, raising this whatever. Like like six months old. We were both raised Here. our entire lives in Seattle, Washington. So Gonzaga was the little town five hours away that you know I preferably never really needed to go to unless I was going to play a three on three tournament called Hoop Fest. Not really a place I need to be, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's Spokane, Washington. It's your little random ass other big town that's tiny on the other side of the state. And in our side of the state, you have University of Washington on the water in Seattle. And even Washington State, which is in the middle of nowhere as well. Even but Seattle, you should be better than Gonzaga if you actually want to think about like the where it is. Yeah. Like a little private school in the middle of Seattle, in the middle of downtown yeah. Cap Hill. And so to somebody to tell me Gonzaga, like that school that I, that doesn't have a football team that has 2,500 students. If you're going to tell me they're going to become that a their logo looks <laughs> like it was drawn by like Microsoft word for a fucking what's fake. your problem with their logo? Their logo, their logo fine. No, it's not fine. It's literally looks like a, if you had a sports movie and you wanted to make a college basketball team called the Bulldogs, that's what their logo would look like. They're not, Oh, I hate Gonzaga. I'm so glad logo, they lost. The logo is perfectly fine. They just—it's a bulldog. Looks. Just I don't like, like it. It looks just like as dumb I as like the them. Arkansas Razorback logo. It's just a Razorback. <laughs> looks just as just as good as your Washington Huskies. It's like a five-year-old drew a dog. How, da- how dare you? It's the truth. Um, the point is, I don't know if we'll ever get another Gonzaga type of team like just out of nowhere like that. A tiny school. It, it would be really hard to see again. It'd yeah. be really hard because. People were making, uh, if you go on the internet, people were making fun of like St. Peter's is like campus is just like, look at this. It's just like a street in New Jersey, which it is. It's literally like yeah. a street in New Jersey. They're high school looking gym. Now, Gonzaga does have that going for them because they got good. They built like a real college basketball gym. It's not like a high school yeah, gym. Yeah, but that took a while, right? I mean, it didn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know what their gym was like before. Yeah, it was much, much smaller. I think they doubled the capacity in their new gym. Well, Let's, I actually really want to know. Actually, you like, do know what it looks. Did you you went to basketball camp at Gonzaga, right? Yeah, but at the like stadium. Yeah, but didn't you guys play in the other gym too? The where was the practice gym now? Uh, I think so potentially. Yeah, that was that was the original gym. It's like three thousand seat, four thousand seat. Okay, but St. Peter's is like a high school pullout bleacher. Yeah, same was Gonzaga was the same. It was about it was just pullout bleachers. Yeah, I don't think you saw the video of St. Peter's. Like it's it's completely different. St. Peter's has like the wooden like 15 rows. That's not how small Gonzaga's was. Gonzaga's like a couple thousand people. Uh, can you check how, how many people did St. Peter's fit? fit Dude, I'm not going to Google how many people fit in St. Peter. Are you serious? Well, right it, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's stadiums capacity. That doesn't hurt. Like uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I just like the debate. No, there's no. I'm, because fits. I'm, I'm not debating. I'm just trying to state facts. I, I want to know what the facts are. That's all. It says their their gym fits. Why is it not mentioned? If it's 3,000 people. Okay, Gonzaga's. $7 million. Gonzaga's used to sit 2,000 people before they built their new stadium. I don't buy that. Uh, all right. Just don't. I've seen the right. gym. You got to look up logos of St. Peter's gym. I, I, I just it's looked at it's like it's worse I, than it's worse than like a high school gym. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I, I believe you. I'm gonna look it up on my phone right now. Well, uh, let's see. The 
I want to see. Um, St. Peter's is, but St. Peter's is about the size of Gonzaga. I think it's a tiny school that's probably not gonna, um, probably not gonna figure out the way that Gonzaga figured. But out you too. never know. It's in New Jersey. I mean, it's, I'm not. I don't think they're going to either. But I'm just saying. <laughs> no way. That's how it's. That's how it started. Yeah, but if you look at like even the campus, like Gonzaga's campus is like at least somewhat of a campus. Oh yeah, totally. I just think that yeah, I don't know. I just think that it, it would it's very hard. What Gonzaga's done has been ridiculously hard and, and you know what they've done is is working, but they also can't figure out how to win a national championship either. Yeah, no tough. totally. Well, I don't think we have much more on March Madness. I mean, we could talk more on March Madness, but things do change today, basically. Yeah, exactly. Our but I'm glad podcast. Gonzaga lost, by the way. I just want to mention that one more time. Oh, I don't think anybody knew that for the fourth time. You're glad they lost? Yeah, I remember earlier this season when you told me that there's no one who can beat Gonzaga. I just want to throw that out there. I'm so happy they lost. Yeah, I think the refs fucked them over yesterday, too. So it is yeah. what it is. That's life. It's college. It's college basketball. St. Peter's beat Kentucky. It, it can happen. Gonzaga's still Absolutely. probably the best team in in college basketball this year. I mean, like if Purdue wins the championship, I don't know if they're for sure the best team this year, but yeah, totally. they will be for this for this couple weeks. Yep, most mentally tough is what we'll call, I'll call them. <laughs> yeah, and I just think um, I want to say one thing about college mm-hmm. officiating really quick. Not saying that Gonzaga lost because of the officiating. I know. But they're fucking awful. Like, college basketball officials tried to get involved way too much. Like, every moment of the game, they want to be making a call. They can't let them play. Um, They don't know how to call big men, like the Arkansas big men and Gonzaga big men. Like, they, they, they didn't understand how to, like, Oh well, this guy ran into this guy. Oh, it's a box mm-hmm. out. Oh, like maybe this like nick of an elbow. They can't. They can't. Especially, especially big men officiate big men for some reason. Anytime a guard runs into a big like on a layup, they have to call a foul, even if yeah. the guy's jumping straight up. I just think NCAA refs need to learn how to take a backseat a little bit and let them play. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, I got a quick question for you about Gonzaga, though. Yeah, I have a little theory. Do you think that them playing in the WCC is the reason that they maybe don't ever win national championships? Like maybe their schedule is like just not hard enough and they're not ready once it I know they play good like non-conference, but then they play the rest of the season against like really lower teams. So maybe when they get into the tournament and they play like the Baylors last year or yesterday, um, um, Arkansas from the SEC, maybe it's just like, man, the regular season and their tournament didn't prepare them well enough to play against these teams. The only, yeah, I mean, it's not helpful, but I have to say no based on the fact that they made two finals in the last four years. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just so hard to win the tournament. I'm just but, wondering. I can't, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it helps them, but I don't think it's like why they don't win. Yeah, I I mean like it's not helpful. Yeah, like you know, it would be great if they had a couple more like random North Carolinas on their schedule to take mm-hmm. a couple losses or have a couple tough game, couple couple tough games. Mm-hmm. But I can't sit here and definitively say that a team who went to the finals in what, 2018 and in 2020, yeah, 2021, whatever it was, like I can't say that 
you know, they're, they're, five, they're five points away two different times from winning a national oh, championship. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, I think it's not helpful, obviously, especially when they have freshmen. Like, I think it depends, actually. It's based on your question. It depends. A year like this year, when you have like a skinny freshman who's really good, like Chet Holmgren, it'd probably be helpful if he had a couple more tough games to get through it. Yeah, I, I see that. Like and maybe a couple close games, close games, like the yeah, last five minutes. They lost a couple games this year, actually. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I just they didn't. They weren't in so many games where they was decided in the last four minutes. They blew out so many teams. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, it'd be better for him, even just one or two tougher opponents. Like, yeah. maybe in the last couple of years, it didn't matter because they had a lot of vets a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and they're like, we've been through this a couple of times. But yeah, this year would have been nice to have a couple like beat up games for Chet Holmgren. Like yesterday, like their big men were kind of big, you know, like mm-hmm. it was hard. No, but, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I don't know the answer either. I just, I thought it was an interesting theory. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, everyone knows it's not helpful. I mean, helpful for the record, but it's not like great competition for them to uh, be prepping themselves yeah. on. But, and, 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 and to give them credit, they do schedule a great non-conference schedule. I mean, they go play at anyone that they can. Yeah, they always play like top teams in the first couple weeks, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and they those, totally like, tournaments do. and things. God, I, I just wonder. Would we, I wish if they could do that at the end of the season, maybe they, they'd it'd be better for them, but they can't. No, obviously. All right, I'm going to ask you, who do you got on Saturday so far? We don't have the Sunday games yet, but who do you got? Houston versus Villanova. I think this is one of the most. This is going to be one That's of the best be games. A great we have. game. That I got Houston winning that game. I, I'm. I'm. I hope Houston wins. For those that don't know, I will be in Houston the following weekend. So I'd be in Houston during the Final Four if they make the Final Four. So it'd be more fun to watch. But I just think Villanova's been there too many times. They just know what they're doing. I also, when I was looking up Jay Wright, George, for some mm-hmm. reason in my head, I thought they had one championship. They have three or two? Just He has two. Two, okay. Like, you know how rare that is to have two? John Calperi even has one. I you know, know like... Two is like that. Oh wow! Like this guy's like really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. like one of the best. Like Bill Self has one. Not many mm-hmm. people have two. So I'm just gonna stick with Villanova based on experience because I just think it makes the most sense. All right. Um, Duke and Arkansas. Duke and Arkansas. I definitely have Duke winning that game. I just feel like it's just too good of a storyline that you know. That uh, Mr. Shevchenko, uh, I can never pronounce his name right. He's one of like the best coaches Mr. in history. Coach K, that you can't pronounce his name, uh, is going to win a national championship in his last season. It's just too good of a storybook ending. Yeah, I, I still don't feel like they're going to win, but I I feel like they're going to make it at least to the final four, or like a national championship, because it just makes sense, right? He's not yeah, going to lose to Arkansas true. in his final game of his career. <laughs> that'd be a bad way to just be that. Oh yeah, lost Arkansas. You now, would be, be interesting if they, if they play Villanova, or if they would they play Villanova next? Oh, no, I don't know. I'm just saying, I want them to play Saint. I want Coach K's career to end on Saint Peter's. And then the Saint Peter's head coach becomes a North Carolina head coach. You just get rid of the other guy that they thought they were going to put in. Carolina, you mean Duke? Yeah, Duke. It's in North Carolina, so I was confused. I know I, that was my bad. Uh, but I was like to go against him, or like what was the point? But I get it now. Yeah, I don't know who they play next, though. 
but uh, no, it's the same region. They try to set it up. So I think the South plays the West. So they play Villanova. That'd be kind of interesting if they play Villanova versus Duke and Jay Wright versus Coach K in last game of his career. It's kind of like the passing of a torch if they lose. Yeah. I don't know. Um, damn, that's a fucked up matchup for both teams. Yeah. I mean, like somebody on the other side can get like a Purdue or St. Peter's. Duke versus Villanova. That's tough. It's going to be Duke Villanova. Yeah, I I kind of want Houston to win, but I think it's going to be Duke Villanova. And I could be wrong about that, by the way. I'm just, I think that's the right way. Really? You <laughs> could be wrong about a prediction. That's shocking. What? I, no, no. I could be wrong. No, no. I mean, that. I'm saying I'm wrong about the bracket side, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Well, we're just going to go with it. So people can, yeah. people can correct us if they'd like because we're not sure. Yeah, no, I, I think he's. The, I can't read the bracket correctly sometimes. Maybe it's not. I think it's Duke and the other side. But the way the bracket's set up, so do they play the team on the bottom of the thing or on the right of the thing? That's my problem. I have no idea. Yeah, that's that's why I don't know either. Well, we got things to do today, George. We have our. Um, we have so much to talk about still, but we don't have time today. On our next podcast, we got to talk some NCAA. We got to talk some NFL because. Yeah, Deshaun Watson was introduced as a Brown today. You got NFL trades mm-hmm. left and right, Tyreek Hill and Russell Wilson and all the Devontae Adams, and there's just so much happening. And NBA is about to be in the play in in like a week or two. <laughs> there's know, a lot happening. A lot baseball happening starting. in sports. Although baseball never produces any storylines unless I it's know. your local team. Probably won't Absolutely. hear much baseball here. And uh we are headed to spring training today, which is exciting to watch our Mariners. But we will be talking about that a bit on our Seattle Sports Podcast. So if you guys are interested in that or interested in Seattle Sports, make sure you check out the Sports on Tap Seattle Podcast. Just type that in anywhere like Spotify, Apple, or go to anchor.fm slash S-O-N-T Seattle. You can find that there. Because we're on a time budget, George, I'm going to ask you, do we go straight into some Am I the Asshole Now? Yeah, I I think we just go into one today. What do you think of that? All right, let's do it. All right. Do you want to? You want me to do the honors, or do you want to do the honors? I'll do it. Usually, do them at the end of the episode. All right. Cool. Okay. So, no bonus episode this week, folks. No bonus episode this week. So, this is your one. Am I the asshole for the week? And I'm gonna give you. I'm trying to decide which one. Let's see. I got my phone out. I'm gonna go with. Am I the asshole for telling the truth? It's loading. For telling the truth in the wedding toast. Now I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna preface this, George. Mm-hmm. It currently the the preface of this says the label ended up being everyone sucks. So I'm very interested to see it. We usually oh, get like not that. the asshole here. So I'm a 30-year-old male and my best friend got married last week. I just bought a house and my wife is expecting our son in November. So I let him know I was limited in what I could contribute financially. Um, but did tell him I would try. My best. So I went to the bachelor party in Maine. I rented the tux, paid for mine, and my wife's dinner at the rehearsal dinner. I also had a gift of $300 that I was giving to them, but we will get to why I didn't give it to them. Mm. (laughs) Here we go. His now wife, then fiance, texted me multiple times a day with updates. That's fine. I didn't always respond and got to the point where I didn't respond at least once a day. I'd get a call from my buddy. I have a full-time job, and I'm really doing some rooms in the home, so I'm busy. She texted me the following reasons. My wife was not allowed to talk about the pregnancy at all. 
She didn't want anyone to focus on that more than her, the bride. Okay. She was not going to order special food for my wife. No one asked her to. My wife was fine with whatever she was going to be served. <laughs> I was not helping the groom enough. He had to help her with favor, seating charts, and programs. So I had to help him with those things according to her. She also said to get ready to help with thank you notes after the wedding. She said, if, <laughs> she said if I was a true best man, I would offer to pay for the bar bill. I don't even know what that means. That's what he said. She said I had to read a... And she had to read and approve my speech before the rehearsal dinner and wanted to be included as much as my buddy. She told me not to make things up if I, she told me to make things up if I had to. <laughs> I was also not allowed to include anyone but the two of them and no inside jokes or story about my buddy that didn't include her. Her last text said to tell my wife to keep it together and not make a pregnancy scene during the wedding. Also, she wanted her to choose the dress that downplayed her pregnancy as much as possible. Right. This girl sounds like a bitch. I, I can't. I can't. I, I. I. I'm very interested to see how everyone sucks here because it too. seems like right now only one person sucks. I was just so aggravated. I spoke to my friend to see if he could reason with her. He told me to just play ball on this one. It's her day, mm -hmm. and to cut him a break because she'd be, he'd be, he'd be dealing with her nonsense for the rest of his life. I was annoyed, but calmed down. Sounds like this guy shouldn't get married. Yeah. The day, the day of all... Okay, let's try that again. The day of, all the bride and my buddy do is scold me, berate me, and bark orders. I head down to the bar for a drink. The bride's mother is there and warns me not to get drunk because I've ruined her daughter's day enough. <laughs> he said, final straw. <laughs> I didn't give him the card with the cash. And in the speech, I used my friend's exact wording about having to deal with her nonsense for the rest of his life. Oh, dang. I wished him the best and told him I'd always be there for him, especially during the divorce. Am I the asshole? Okay. okay. Wow. He wasn't the asshole until the end here. It was an asshole movie. He's not an asshole. In general, this guy's not an asshole. He just, he got, he, did, he had an asshole move. It sounds like the woman's the asshole here. Yeah. The wife. The, oh, yeah, she's the worst. And the buddy's kind of a dick, too. Oh, why is he scolding him and, like, being Yeah, asked? if he's scolding him. I don't know if he's really scolding him, but sounds like it. And um, damn, dude, I guess don't make sure your wife never gets pregnant before your best friend's wedding. I mean, how dare you? Yeah, I think the line was drawn at when the bride told the best man to tell his wife to wear a dress that downplays your pregnancy so it doesn't outshine her. Now, what I liked was that that she asked him not to make a pregnancy scene. What the hell's a pregnancy scene? Yeah, I don't know what that means. And that's all, what's also great is during the speech, make sure all stories are about me and the husband. And if you have to make things up, go ahead. Yeah. Well deserved. He's an asshole. Everyone's an asshole here, but he deserved to be treated other people like an asshole. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I was going to go with this one. I was going to say that at the end of the day, with everything, right? Sometimes there's merit behind being an asshole or like yep. being a dick for a day or like saying something snarky. Like the way that they were acting towards him, there was no reasoning behind it, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, he's the best man, but like I think that's kind of an outdated thing that like a best man or a bridesmaid needs to fucking do everything, right? Like right. I don't we think all have so. our lives. We all have things to do. It's mostly going to be the bride and the husband and the groom doing shit for their wedding. Now, a best man or a bridesmaid are probably going to help as much as they can, right? But, like, mm -hmm. it's not your job. Like, we all have no. other things. He sounds like he has a baby on the way and he's redoing his house and he has a full-time job. So, like, 
this girl's expectations was too high. Then she started barking orders, basically. So it sounds like, for me, at the end of the day, like, first of all, it sounds like his buddy didn't even want to get married to this girl. He said, I'm, gonna, I'm the one that has to deal with her the rest of my life. She must be really hot. Yeah, she's got it. Or, or he's... or Really ugly. Really Sorry. ugly. And who knows? Like, or... or there's always there's always other reasons. Maybe like she has a lot of money, and maybe he has a lot of money, and she's hot, and he's not. You never know. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think that um, yeah, I think that uh, at the end of the day, at least for him, the whole like, I'll be there for you whenever, especially during the divorce. Like, it was kind of okay. Actually, that part was a little too much. The first part was funnier though. Like, I think he was kind of an asshole when he said the um. The deal of the nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Totally. The nonsense no, no, no. rest of your life. Like, quote, unquote, what you said, buddy. Like, that's funny. But maybe the divorce part was a little too far. Like, I'll be here for you even during the divorce. <laughs> like, if somebody said that at my wedding speech, I'd be like, bro, come on. Like, yeah, I know. But he he had the final straw, man. I mean, some, at some point, you got to stand up for yourself. And he did. Yeah, well, and it sounds like her mom's kind of an asshole, too. Dude. She said, you've already ruined my daughter's day enough. And it's, he's like, what the, what the hell did I do? Who, like... Yeah, no, no, totally. I think there might be some missing components to the story, but uh, like, or like more reason why they don't like him or something. Or he did, yeah, something he, he's not bringing maybe up. That he's not bringing up. But at the end of the day, like that, that wife, that that lady sucks. Yeah, it's always hard when you hear it just from this guy's perspective too, because like you said, like he might not be adding everything he said or did. Like, is there is there another reason they're kind of acting this way towards you? Yeah, but at the end of the day, he needs to go get a new best friend because there's no way like he's going to be able to like hang out with this guy and his wife and her, him and his wife again. Like it's, it's not really they're not going to be bestest of friends. Time for a new buddy, buddy, buddy boy. Well, much love. We gotta go because we got we got a Seattle sports podcast to record, George. And uh, I just want to say we'll be back next week. And um, next week. Look, we're going to try to probably hit a bunch of sports because there's a lot going on. Um, so tune in next week, probably around a Tuesday-ish. Am I mistaken on that? Tuesday Tuesday night, we're going to try to record. We might have a guest on the pod. Tuesday. So focus on Tuesday, my friends. Yep. Much love. This is Pod That, two brothers talking sports, and it's brought to you by The Sports on Tap. Make sure you leave us a review. Check us out everywhere and show us the love. Uh, it means the world to us. And George, you know what they like to say. Cheers to sports. Peace. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. Cheers to sports.